All right, everyone, welcome back to a long-awaited episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I apologize for my absence, but man, you guys have kept us at Exodus so busy that I just haven't had time to get to any uh, podcast episodes. But we're back today, and we have a season update. Dorge has a public land Illinois buck on the ground. We'll talk a little bit about that talk about the outlook for the rest of the season um some trade show plans and a bunch more just kept it casual this week um i will have so many updates for you guys as we get through the off season season recap for myself i'm grinding it out it's been a uh extremely tough season my toughest ever but we'll get through it without any further ado i don't want to keep you guys waiting i've already kept you waiting months let's get into this episode of the deer gear podcast All right, everyone. December is here. By the time that you're listening to this, it's December 1st, George. How yep, have it you is, been? It did. Uh, busy. I've got so many products coming in and being have no, but no help with my tiny business. I've been doing a lot more assembly than most people can imagine. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. It, it was, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it wasn't for you, but it seemed like for me and for Exodus, that business was busier later into the hunting season than normal. Is that the case you for you? You know why? Why is that? Finally, they figured, well, a lot of people would have figured the cheap stuff don't work. They finally <laughs> want the best and they don't mind paying for it because the oh, the cheap stuff didn't work. It already failed for them. It has to be with me for years that had happened. And it was funny, though, because people say, just give me the stuff that work. I don't care how much it costs, is usually the words. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... um that's pretty much the same experience here. Everyone, like on the camera side and the arrow side, um, people get frustrated with what doesn't work. They thought they could go the cheaper route, and then um, oh, they throw whatever they believe is a better route. Until well, if nothing works, they finally will say, "Oh, I'm just good." Just like I remember when uh, what's his name, uh, uh, your good buddy uh, Jake, he yeah. sent me a friend. He walked to me with a really funny statement. I got six hundred bucks. Just make my bow and arrow. I don't care what I need to do, but I only got 600 bucks. Make it work. I say, wait a minute. You just spent 20, close to $3,000 on this setup. He say, I did. And I look at that setup and say, mm, <laughs> <laughs> let me help you. We don't need to make new arrow. We just need to take the weight off the front. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> something I hope to get into a little bit towards the mm-hmm. end of the podcast is um, gather your thoughts on some of the new bows for 2024. But before we do any of that, um, let's talk a little bit about your season so far hunting because you had some success. I have a I have success, but I have give up a lot because this year I'm so busy, and I only got to hunt about a fifth of what I used to. I used to put three to five days a week going out at least three hours a day. This season, no. And furthermore, I mean, being older, I'm also wiser <laughs> or I'm more afraid of cold. And I got my new uh, USB system for my feet, which is good. I put a USB pad in it. I did got a 50, but 50 amp hours of a battery pack system for my tree stand, which is very nice. So I can, my knee, my, my, my heel and my thigh warm the way I want it. So yeah. I can sit a lot longer wow. <laughs> without suffering. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I tried everything. I finally end up uh, building this. My f- fifth elaboration of my uh, hunting bag. It's like you got Gore-Tex three ply with the Polartec three hundred on the side with with nine heating elements. Wow. <laughs> hey, you know I sold. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Illinois is that the only state that you hunt? No, Illinois, Indiana, because I got an Indian lifetime license. I was thinking of Wisconsin, uh, but I don't have any good place to hunt. Sure. Um, Illinois, do you both do you gun hunt at all? Nope. Um, that's not surprising. You don't need a boycott. I mean, I, I I used to own a muscle loader. I got a black knight with the out twenty nine primer and everything. It's like, I mean, when I live in Indiana, I hunt near, near uh, Cincinnati. No, no, Cincinnati near. Indianapolis? No. Uh, yeah, Cincinnati. Well, because my good buddy uh, 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 Snook lived in Brookfield. 
Yeah. So the first time I did that, the deer showed up 70 yards. I boom, the thing died. I say, that's uneventful. <laughs> <laughs> then I did the same thing again the next morning. I say, well, I think that's the end of my 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 black night muscle with everything on it because I got a Fujinon 32 millimeter scope. It's like it's really you just point and shoot, and that's the end of it. I mean, <laughs> it's really what's the fun of it? Yeah, I mean, that kind of surprises me a little bit. I thought you'd be a gun guy. I thought you would just enjoy guns. Well, I I, I do enjoy building and designing pieces for gun. You know, I own the patent to uh, to an optical trigger system. Okay, all right, that makes sense. I mean, I, I because eventually I may put that license or put them on a new crossbow that is totally mm. safe. Which you can use your close perimeter on the Bluetooth on the uh you go on a, a close end NFC and then we can sync your your Apple Watch with it and able to have safety. That's crazy. Well, you know, I know those. I can code those. <laughs> you are the uh, the Elon Musk of archery. <laughs> I won't say that. First of all. Elon must have a lot more money than me to play around. I mean, I can hardly, if you want me to pull out more than 2 million, I don't think I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, so archery season this year, you didn't have as much time, but um, I guess I was able to shoot about four deer. I picked not to shoot any of those except the last one. Because I think, oh, I did tell you, I did shot the only deer that take out of Georgia's park. That park have two years without anybody taking a deer, and I took a 10-point out of it. <laughs> that is pretty incredible. Um, for those who don't know, um, why why is that? What Are the numbers low, or is it just hard hunting? No, the or? numbers not. It's, it's, a, it's way you hunt. Because, you know, Georgia's park is, imagine this, it is like a one-city block by 10-city block, and you had to park on the one-city block side. You only have one it's, access point. One point is because you can only park there. Yeah. You can't park away from it. Right. So imagine this is on side one city block and both sides are private property and you go up 10 city blocks. Wow. So in the, in the middle, there's four different valleys. The valleys are not just like 10 feet down. No, it's 30 feet down, 50 feet up, 20 feet down, 50 Ooh. feet up, that kind of deal. Yeah. So if you really shoot a deer, <laughs> You know, that's 10 city block, and the, the first one is about two city block in, you got a first valley. Then you walk another five city block, you got another valley. And then on the last city block, you got another valley. So what you do is that instead of walking in and sweat of a storm, you find the, the most viable access point towards the valley, and when you see the deer walk through the valley, you shoot it. Is that what you did? Yes, I did. <laughs> then I just, then I pick out my, uh, I got the, I designed myself a winch using a Makita high power drill. So instead of using a normal winch that have 40 feet of wires, okay? I, I take mine apart. I, I, I make sure all the gears are good. And then all the screws out, all the hardware out, replace it with titanium. So instead of 12 pounds, it's now three pounds. And then instead of putting a 40 feet of steel cable, I have 140 feet. How many? 140. <laughs> Of a of a fourteen hundred pound Dyneema, <laughs> so I just hook it to the deer, hook to the tree, put a drill on. It's now up there. <laughs> that is, man, you need to market those. No, it's too expensive to to be made. I mean, I I just sold about five of them to my diehard friends who are all in my age. Because if you hunt in Central Illinois or any place else, just you think you know it's flat. Wait until you see those valleys. I yeah, mean, like, that kind of surprised me. Yeah, because you want to this day you'll come by I'll show you where I hunt in like a uh like Sigaman Creek. The valley you walk up there is straight seven story down. Whew. And you know why they have no gun hunt in Sigaman Valley? Why? Because they have uh, endangered bat there. Oh. So you imagine you shot a deer, you go over the cliff. You're now seven story down. No, I'm not just saying it. It's freaking you can see a topography map. It's 88 feet and the lowest. I think you you shot one there, didn't you? Uh, I shot a few deer there, but not over the valley. I shot one behind, behind uh, Miller-Anderson Valley. That's only about three and a half story. That happened about, that will be 2013. Oh, yeah, that happened about 10 years ago. So I shot it. It was three story down. It was close to night. I saw, like, what the heck? I dragged hold a deer, drag it half the way to the hill about... It was about three story down, about half, about halfway through. 
I split my foot and I roll down with the deer, with a seven pointer. <laughs> and when I go down there, I put some pet myself. That's no hole in me. Good. I'm not doing this shit ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the reason I invented the winch. <laughs> I've seen pictures of it in use and it's pretty impressive. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so hey, you really make a big difference. You know, I can pull up anytime I can pull up 700 pounds without breaking a sweat, just holding it and hold my guitar jaw and that's the definition of hunt smart, not hard. Hey, when you're old, like, uh, uh, trust me, uh, me and my, uh, the first time I got that deer, the, the one I just shot in George's Park, I got my brother-in-law to help me, two of us, because he was right on the, up the hill. The hill is not high. The hill is maybe 40 foot, 35 degree, which is pretty shallow. I put my, I put my harness and he was dragging the horn and we go up there for, I tried to move the deer with him together with my harness on my back. Uh, I can't move it more than four inches. And wow. I was just like a tree. I tried to grab the tree. It can't reach it. I was like, screw <laughs> this. <laughs> I walked that 20, uh, the dog that 200 something yard to my car. I grabbed the winch, hold it, drag it all the way to the top. <laughs> yeah, that's the way to go. Yeah. I mean, first of all, when you're passing, when you're past 60s, things don't work the same. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that. Well, you know, when I, I remember when I'm your age, I was hunting shaft, uh, hunting a uh, Kickapoo State Park. I was parking lots, a uh, park in lot one and hunting lot seven because lot seven closed at, before sundown. So after I got the deer, I have to grab my, my tree stand on my bag, my backpack, my my old Oneida that's 11 pounds. And I put one hand on the horn and drag the deer 1.2 miles all the way to lot one. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I can do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, there's deer carts now and all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. Back, I remember back in the two, uh, 19, that would be nine, 2000 and, no, that would be 1990, no, that would be 1995. That long ago. <laughs> 1995. I was three years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was just after I got married. That's what I did. So, uh, so. Um, what was the date when you shot that buck? I don't remember. November or something. Yeah, no, it's opening. It was opening season, so you had to be October tenth or twelfth, maybe. It's the first. No, I weekend. mean this year. This year. Oh, uh, that will be. I can I can look. Give me a second. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think I shot that deer on October 10th, November 10th. November 10th. Before my birthday. Now I remember that. <laughs> When's your birthday? November 12th. Mine's the 11th. Yeah, a lot of people get married. Get, get, uh, just like my son was 16, uh, my, my good buddy was 14. I mean, they all were around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Valentine's Day. <laughs> but that's good. That's good. Um, so November tenth, what was that deer doing? Oh, uh, the the deer actually, I saw quite a few uh, uh, doe was all walking on the top side between the cornfield and the tree. So I was I was sitting there thinking, should I point myself the other side? Then oh, then I just sit there and say, what the heck? I'm since I'm where I am. I was what thirty? I was 40, 42, 43 feet up in the air. Holy! On the on the bottom of the valley. Remember, if the deer come by, I, I'm 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 close to eye level. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the deer actually walked all the way across the valley and then towards me. As wait a minute, I'm, I'm trying to get myself high behind the tree that's in front of me and get myself moved all the way up and ready. The moment he passed the tree side by, I said, like, "I shot it." Twenty yard died. <laughs> How far was the shot? Uh, I think it's less than forty shots, maybe thirty five tops. Yeah. Yeah, what? Well, that's pretty yeah, because good. Because I didn't want all the way to the river because he, there was a stream, actually a stream, and then you got the other side. I was very glad the deer shot it and he ran up the hill halfway and uh, died there. Yeah, that is good. You got to um, got to break the portion. Yes, I did. I was the, that was my first deer on my new Porsche Cayenne Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool. So, um. What do you what what's the plans for the rest of the year? Illinois is a two well, block state. I mean, hunt? I'm I'm actually uh, the starting starting um December 
December 1st, I'll be shunning Chicago downtown. And you have another buck tag, correct? Illinois, two bucks. Yes, state. I do have buck tag. And if I and uh, I still have an Indiana tag too, because I've got a lifetime license. I can shoot oh, in yeah. Indiana. So I may just go to uh, Passing Hammond, Indiana. That's another good river spot that I can go. So if I really need to kill another one, that's good. But I can kill as many though. And I just got invited to one of the uh, one of the colleges in 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 Illinois. So I will be hunting on uh, 128th Street. <laughs> and really, yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I told them I want to shoot about two or three those for them. And then I just uh, donated forty dollars to one of the guys. They were donated. They will process the deal and go to go to the boost bank. Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, because I figured that they they got one drop time bug there. I would like to have it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. How big is he? <laughs> I from what I can see, maybe one sixty, one seventy. That's a big deer. Yeah, but remember, we're talking the meat is not the best because we're talking. Down, technically downtown Chicago next to Robin area. I mean, if you know that, I mean, you don't go there as a white guy under after six. Oh. I mean, you got you got Cadillacs with chandelier inside driving around, and I'm <laughs> not joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's. I, that's I used to have. A, I used my friend used to own a a, a bar in uh, in there. Oh, okay. I don't know right. any better, and uh, those are my younger days. When I was, I, I used to do consulting in for Gary Community School District. I was doing construction for, uh, for Fredericksons and Sears. I mean, those are my con, my my what you call it, my P, PMP days. I'm actually a, a project manager professional for construction too. Um. So in years past, mm -hmm. show season has it's always pretty busy for you. Anything yeah, I mean, anything new this year? Any any shows you're not going to or I pretty much I would do a two or three tax shows. I'm I'm not doing the ATA show at all because I really think that they changed. It yeah. really did not benefit me. Uh what do you, well, before what what do you think changed about it? it? It's not the ATA change, it's all the manufacturer changed. I mean, think about it. Everybody announced a new product before the end of no I mean the middle of November already. Yeah. What are you gonna see? Yeah. And, and you spend a, all this effort. I mean, I mean, most of the dealer in today's world, most of the dealer don't even go to ATA. What they do, they simply wait for the sales rep to show up or the sales rep group to show up with a product. And just like when one of my dealers say, well, you know, when that guy showed up with a coffee that I liked with the with the donut, we'll talk about order. That's about it. Yeah. You don't have to deal with all the other people. You don't have to pay to be there. Well, you know, most of the deal, most of the people in actually ATA, unfortunately, I mean, just like I, I pretty much raised my concern with the ATA. Is that you know, I pay close to ten, but close to ten to fifteen grand to be ATA, and what I really get the most is that the media people will come people to try to sell me advertising. Yeah. Oh, please be on my uh, uh, on my TV. You need to sponsor my TV show. You need to do this. You need to do that. Wait a minute! I just pay to be there. If you give you now all of us manufacturer and you guys walk around, it's the easiest to sell to sell your wear. I'm not paying to be sold. Right. That's the reason I have problem with that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, um, it doesn't. It's a. It costs a lot to be at that show, and you're and there to mention, make the money, worst part, not spend it. Yep. And the worst part is that in the old days, you got dealer actually go there. Yeah. Now. You got 3D rendering on every single new product. All the stuff is on the internet. The moment they announce it, they got Facebook, TikTok, whatever in front of you. If you don't go there today, you can walk it in five days later or the day I want to choose a bow. I can just look at every one of them, look at the design, look at the. I mean, it's not like then I'm not going to go to a dealer and get a bow. I mean, it's, it's, I remember the days of expedition. I can just call one of my good buddy who was a manager there. He would send me a bow. And if I don't like it, I tell him I don't like it. I like it. I like it. If I don't like it, I send it back. Yeah. In in today, I mean, the bow company, that's there's so many out there, and a lot of people buy bow based on whatever say it, but they are not really. How do I say it? It's not the new bow. It's the person and the and the equipment setup. That is a bigger deal than anything else. I learned that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the the whole point of everything that you do. 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like you have just because you got a brand new indie car doesn't win indie. Does it mean you can win indie with that car? Hell no. 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 You need a team. You need your mechanic, and you know you know what you're doing. And finally, you need to be there. I mean, just like some people tell me how much big deer they shot. I say, where do you hunt? <laughs> it makes a big difference. No, yes. I mean, I got a buddy who just I actually got us. I would say associate who hunt north of where I hunt in 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 in, uh, in my public land. Hunt. He got more big deer in it than ever. I just simply hunt the edge. If sometime you know after gun season, I would hopefully a few will run towards me. <laughs> yeah, right. But that's about it. But then when I go to my place or, or go go to Martino's, which is another place I hunt, every single freaking tree got a tree stand on it. That's decent. That's crazy. But what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. That means that if you really want to shoot one, you better know your stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that just put the challenge and the fun that much more. And uh, but with ACA, even the big bow manufacturers have kind of dropped out. Last year, Matthews didn't go. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's representatives from other dealers that have the have the bows and stuff there, but it just seems like that's kind of a, a dying show. Well, first of all, I think, first of all, the, the entire internet process and so on, and how they did it. Remember, ATA is in January. If no manufacturer is going to um, announce their boat there or their equipment there, why you go there for? Yeah, or have it in November. Right. Or, or, or in my personal opinion, you should have one in June or May. I think that'd be way better, yeah. Because then you only do three days for the for the professional and three day for the general public very much like the, you know just recently me and you both we do the pennsylvania show yeah for advertising and also for announcement for people who come by and edu educate that's better you see original i wanted to do the educational process in ata but it didn't work because they only have one educational session it's yeah. on first day at seven o'clock also what happened which one if you really want to learn which one do you go or you you can't go to all of them Right. And on top of that, whatever they, they they have, they didn't video it for other people to see. So what's the point of it doing it? I mean, I did it a few years. Then I found out that you saw pointless. Which kind of sucks, right? Because um, the people that are at ATA are the people that you really need to educate because they're going to reach more people than like the individual that we talked to in Harrisburg. Correct. And, and not to mention, I really think that an ATA should be a nonstop education session on the side it so should. the people can can go there and then learn and so on or at least make the video session available to others so that people who don't have to say oh there's three i like to go which one i pick well yeah. every time you make that then so which what what are you not willing to learn yeah or what are you giving up why do i need to give up anything right yeah i mean um even outside of our opportunity to speak to individuals at harrisburg they are always constantly having seminars Mm -hmm. at that show so right. uh, i assume that you'll be back at that show yes i will be back at this show and uh and and then i was talking with them uh maybe maybe not 2024 but 2025 i may have a rolling seminar in pennsylvania show really yes because a lot of dealers a lot of customers we like to do i mean it's more a q a than than more than uh, uh my lectures yeah i mean in the old days just like a person is pretty hard to keep uh, attention over 35 minutes oh definitely but i can do a lecture for say 40 minutes and then do a q and a for 15 on every i think it's big it's better and then do yeah. it every other hours i break think it, it up a lot i think so yeah i mean that you you basically give a seminar every time someone comes to your booth i did and then i'm just repeating the same seminar it's really not being as efficient use but unfortunately I mean, right now with with the uh, with the final certified trained dealers classes that I video on our on the YouTube TV really help a lot because yeah, those a lot, are great. A lot of my customer actually spend time to. I mean, I, and I told them, I say, Dodge, but I can't really hear what you said all the time. And they go back and say, that's better stuff. If you look at any one of my lecture, you click on the comment field. That's where the lecture notes. In other words, it is based on based on Google Presents. And guess what? The presentation notes of what I'm reading is down there. Yeah, you can't miss anything. And then, and for like I told my dealers, they all can use my lecture notes free of charge or anytime they feel like, and they can do mini seminars. They can cut a section and do their own training to educate their customer using my material. 
Yeah, that's. I mean, what else do you want? Because the the theory is not that difficult, but a lot of people really, really haven't get grabs the concept. The moment you pass two hundred and seventy feet per second, what I talk matters. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and just listen the crossbow guys, they go nuts with this because whatever they have out. Yeah, I was gonna say do what they want. That's when it really, 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 really shows when mm-hmm. you get into to the crossbows. But um, then. Then the crossbow companies go go nuts. They, everybody is trying to make a 500 feet per second or more bow. Well, guess what? You need a whole different class of equipment now because you're dealing with 317 feet per, miles per hour. What do you think at 370 miles per hour? What's going to fly right? Yeah. They don't yeah. design it perfect. When So when you have something that does fly right out of that bow, um, to your point of like, the muzzle loader with the 70 yard shot and you're just like that's it it's still an archery projectile the gravitational force of aerodynamics still kick in the problem is that you now have problem with broadhead design yeah and placement do you think, do you think crossbows will get to that point though like that it's just too easy not really no. because at the end of the day crossbow it's a bigger piece of equipment. I mean, yes, you got guys like Raven, like a Raven out twenty nine X or out ten X. I mean, those are much smaller to easy to hold. But then, what are you giving up? Longevity. It's an archery equipment. There's nothing you. I mean, you give up is forgiveness. You give up. I mean, the bow is accurate, but the problem is that unless you put it on a tripod and hold it, <laughs> it's not going to be accurate because the 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 entire like the Raven out twenty nine out ten X. Or even the 500 is an extremely unforgiving archery piece of equipment. I mean, it's like going to AT, going to a, a, ASA and IBO and tell the guy you need to shoot a five inch XO to XO bow. Yeah, good luck. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah. What's the forgiveness? That's none. Yeah. And they're not to mention, or every one of them is off note. They are not on the note. They are only to show that you give you a shortest. It's like. Oh wow! You you read if you're a good good sniper, but then they say, "Well, you want to go to places you couldn't go." This is a seven inch barrel. Go for it. Yeah, How on. are you going to be a sniper with a seven or five inch barrels? Yeah, you need yeah. a twelve or eighteen. <laughs> you get yeah, accurate. With, with those bows, your only forgiveness is speed. But if you're off, you just miss faster. Correct. Um, it becomes a very big deal, and a lot of people forget it. Archery at the end of the day is still a piece of archery equipment. And then yeah. by just increasing speed, with, with then, then you do not give the, how does I say it? Just imagine this, you got a guy with a 46-inch draw, a 26-inch draw, but you want him to pull a 300-pound bow to get the speed that he needed. Well, if you look at a Raven R26, it got a, uh, an 11-inch power stroke. What does that mean? To the archery projectile. It's going to be pretty harsh. Exactly. Because you need to look at a power stroke. The power stroke is from the cam string all the way to the trigger box. That's your power stroke. The front of that whole thing is nothing more than support. Yeah. Unlike a scorpion crossbow, the power stroke is the entire, technically the entire arrow. I mean, if you shoot vertical bow, ask yourself, what does a 30-inch power draw power uh draw curve bow on say on a Hoyt compared to a 26-inch? You want an identical speed? Hell no. Yeah, it's you want identical long range power delivery? Not possible. Yeah. So you tell me it's only what 30 to 26? Now oh, you're gonna drop it down to 10? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if I have to design a crossbow, I would say. I would design a crossbow with a twenty, at least a twenty-four inch power stroke. Then I can use a hundred and twenty-five pound EO five five EO five five fifteen, and the arrow will be so much better. Yes, yeah. you need the arrow correctly. You will be stable, and the K in the kinetic energy retained. See the word retained. It is one of the most important factor that people ignored because here on the last uh, when remember Tony Warden. We did the test. The R29X is pretty much the one that drop off the fastest on your entire energy because there's so much vibration and so much oscillation of the aeroshaft. The KE drop is ridiculous on long range. But if you put a 200 power KE to start with, if you drop 50%, you still 100. 
Yes. So it's not an ethical shoot because he, I mean, like my customer who should have a 26 inch draw, 45 pound pool, he can blow through an elk at 16 yards. His placement, broadhead, and also flight characteristic. Right. That's more important than anything else today. Has anything changed in the way of crossbows for 2024? Is there anything new and exciting? I, any, I heard 10 points going to have some new models out. Uh, I think a few. Everybody is trying to give customer what they want. But then the question is that if all the customers say they want long range accuracy, but everybody give you a three and five inch barrels, you need to ask yourself, what are you asking for? Yeah, that doesn't really seem like it's giving the customers what they want. But a lot of people bought it because the truth is that most people shoot the deer within 30 or 40 yards. Yeah. So it actually worked. Yeah. And on a, like you said, on a, um tripod or something you can fake like you have long range accuracy correct you clamp the whole thing down yeah but if you're hunting on a tree stand without without a rest it's going to be really difficult yeah i've never shot a crossbow ever so um i'd be curious to see how accurate i could be freehand uh, no freehand is really difficult i mean it's like it is the same thing like, okay, yeah, I'm giving you a long, long handled uh, 30, 357 Mac with a five-inch barrel and say, how accurate can you be with it at, the say, 700 yards? Yeah. I feel like uh, 40 yards, I'd almost, I'd almost feel more accurate with my compound, though. Well, actually, you need to understand the crossbow have eliminated one of the biggest issues with the, with the compound ball. Drawing it. No, your your absolute repeatable geometry. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. With a crossbow, the geometry is absolute. Yep. I mean, I don't care. I mean, you may be more accurate on the ground, but how many people on a tree stand remember to bend to hold their upper body form and bend the bend the waist? Yeah. No one. Well, not not no one, but very few people. Right. So how can you I mean your accuracy on the ground, no big deal. It's absolute. But you are if you're on a saddle, you are now putting the bow back. Your balance, your footing, are all are variable now. Yeah, you expect to shoot that better than a crossbow? Uh, no, I'm not saying that it's impossible, but unlikely. <laughs> yeah, the thing with the cro- the disadvantage that I see with the crossbow is the weight. No, the weight is not. I mean, the compound bow are always have a better on the weight, especially if we do it right. Like my expertise eccentric, the one I have. That's with a sight, the rest, and the sling on it with the quiver mount might weigh four pounds, four ounces. Yeah, and the crossbow weighs like 10. No, if you do it right, like my sculpted uh, Death Stalker with the scope, seven. All right. Without the arrow crank, six. If you shoot an open pin to pin scope, five. So you can get a crossbow down to five pounds. Or, or even less if you want to really skeletonize it. But then you lost your consistency because you need a little bit of weight for it. Just like imagine you're holding a long range rifle that's two and a half pounds. It's not going to be good. Yeah. You need about four pounds is the magic number in most cases for most human. And that's pretty much where the compound bows come in. Well, but if you think about most people's compound bow after they've added all the stuff, it's closer to to five. And then some people have to have their so-called stabilizer system. (laughs) Now you're pushing six and a half. This bow does not list of oh, full specs remember it's not the bow it's the accessory the accessory is the killer so the uh 10 point what is this 10, 10 points point, are always nine between nine and 10 pounds the flatline 460 oracle mm-hmm. is seven and a half pounds that's without the scope yeah the scope, I mean, just like I got an ATN scope. That thing is about, that thing is one kilo, which is two point two. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. They seem heavy to me. Well, but you're, you're putting that kind of equipment on it. Nobody say that you put it, couldn't put a trigon ACOG on it. That thing is two ounces. Yeah. But then you pay $1,300. You're going to say you got to take into consideration some money there. Well, I mean, just like everything else, the, the, it's like fishing rods. I mean, like, if I build a set of fishing rod, I'm dropping 350 bucks on the guide. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what the, what the minimum I would have done. So speaking of weight, mm-hmm. um, it seems like the 
highest priority for Matthews this year with the lift was the weight. What do you think? All of that? right. You know, you think go and run in quarter inch limbos. Yeah. What do you think of that? Two, two inch limbos. What do you think of that? Um, then you lost your adjustability, which they are not doing all the new bowl like that. What Hoy did, Hoy go at one and three quarter, what one and a half inch limbos. You know, everybody go that well because you lose the weight. Yeah. But you also lose the focus mass. So the vibration is less. Um, why don't bow manufacturers use utilize titanium? Don't ask Boss. me. I'm more than willing to like, I mean, I, I used to. I mean, PSC used to have all their bows, but I think they must, must not like paying me a dime, so they don't. And they, they still sell, and are able to sell a lot more aftermarket. So I'm not complaining. <laughs> when you are you gonna um customize a titanium kit for the new Matthews? It's already out. I mean, already sent over thirty kits to a few dealers already. How much weight savings is there? It's not about a weight saving again. I told you, it is about you figure the whole kit, including. I mean, if you put the state my titanium Z bump in it, the difference is less than an ounce and a half, but the vibration okay. is like three hundred percent in feel. Yeah, that's in, that's incredible. And that bow has, from what I've heard, a little bit more vibration than some of the Matthews bows in the past. So. Well, because the draw, the draw curve is different, and not yeah. to mention Matthew finally used what Bowtech have on the limb tip. It's a it's a it's a barrel block design. Remember that is what Bowtech have, but the patent expired. It yeah. is a, a very smart design because you actually utilize the entire limb. Because the yeah. moment you drill a hole on it, you need to add weight. Now the entire limb is part of the curve, so your power strokes are always better because you're using the whole limb's ability. Yeah, they're, the they're saying they're getting what three forty eight out of that. I would not be surprised. Yeah. And not to mention, see, by doing that design, it is still the uh, four limb top and four limb bottom design. So yeah. when you have more limbs, you, you also prevented the torsion. The limb have talking left and right. With yeah. more limbs, your torsion is being optimized. Yeah. Or minimized, actually. You optimize it by minimizing it. Another uh, key feature for a lot of the new bows, not even just Matthews, is their wider limbs. Of did, course. Did you notice that? Actually, I said that since 2012. In order to make a fiberglass plank, we're talking basic basic planks. As you increase the power, you increase the thickness. Then the outer and the up, upper and lower, the differentiation of band is bigger. If you want to maintain, you increase it width. Wise, when yeah. you increase it widthwise, you decrease the differentiation of the expansion and compression on the upper and lower limbs. But you also increases the torsion of the plank by cutting into smaller pieces. You get it optimized and minimized. Yeah, yeah. It seems like it's. Um, I haven't shot any it, of them it's, yet. It's basic physics. There's no way around it. Yeah. Can you overcome that with a better system? Yes, you get. And I. What's that? It right now. Hmm? What's that? Instead of using planks, use tubes. Oh yeah, I've seen your, I've seen that. Yeah. Yep. And oh. so I actually got a design thing that instead of having two planks, I've I have a tube on the top, left and right. Instead of using two tubes, I would suggest using four, uh, four tubes from the upper and four tubes from the lower. But the downside with this, you not now have to, you have to spine the tube first. Yeah. Which I own the spine machine too. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, Elon Musk. <laughs> Well, you know, um, it's basic physics, except I don't think a lot of people really think through it. But when you think through it, it's all it's obvious. Why would you not do it? Yeah, it's, it seems like a uh, just from this year's um, announcements and what people have come out with, it seems like this year may have been a little bit bigger jump from bow to bow from years past. Uh, I would say possible, but see, like this year, a lot of new guys, brand new bow guys come to me for help. And and some people, actually, I was pretty fl flattered. I got a few guys actually call me, say, Dodge, I'm going to go into archery. What should I do? I say, I've got three grand. I say, <laughs> you don't need to spend that. I say, go ahead and get yourself a Z7 Extreme, get a new cable, titanium kit, you'll be much better off. Because your biggest problem is that with the new bows, you need to tune that sucker. But you and, so you like the Z7 Extreme? I think it's one of the best bow ever, Matthew ever made. Or, or, even, or even the, the original, the last, like the Hoi VTAC, or the Element, 
those bows are fantastic. They are much easier to tune. I mean, it's like when when uh, uh, when you did come with the GT500, it is a binary cam bow, very much like what Hoy did with the RX7. Is the bow fast? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know how to work with it. Yeah. Even after I mean, if you if you know how to work with it and you spend literally hours shimming the, the cam, yes, you can get it to tune right. Then the bow is fast and so-called forgiving. I'm saying no, it's not forgiving because you need to keep it in tune. Yeah. Um the Z7 Extreme, I have one. It's yeah. a 27 and a half inches axle to axle. Right. It's pretty so short. That's the Z7 Extreme. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. On the outside side. No, it's not. It's actually longer. Axle like axle? It's more like 31. The Z7 Extreme. Yes, it is. The Z7 is. The Z7 Extreme. It's a little bit short, but remember, the cam is bigger. Yeah, I'm talking axle to axle. But that's where not the cable goes. The cables go on the cam. You need to think about what the cam actually does. 28 inches. Right. So remember, you still have three inch, two inch on top and three inch on the bottom. The brace height on that yes. bow is seven point three seven five inches. Correct. It's so much more forgiving. And if yeah. you put the only downside with that bow is that you, you you have to put a really good string on it because it's a single cam. But the yeah. moment you did that, that bow is a dream to shoot. You have nothing to worry about because see, back then when they come with the zebra string, I think that bow sucked because you literally have to keep them tuning it. But with the, say, you've got a string from, say, a Vapor Trail or from Joey or American Best or even Gas. And so they make right, that bow will stay tuned. So every yeah. year, put a new cable on it and string cable on it, you are good to go. Yeah, I really enjoyed that bow. Still do. You should. I mean, to be fair with you, all the new guys who asked me, I told them, that's the bow you buy or you get a, your old DXT as long as you don't shoot 70 pound, 31 inch straw. Yeah. You shoot 29 in good shape because the, the riser will bend. Yeah, just like the boat, uh, 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 allegiance, those riser will bend absolutely. I they're, uh, they're not a uh, uh, prime, the prime riser will not bend. I mean, they did, did a really good job material. Did you see the um, the accessory that Matthews released in the grip, the shot sense? Nope, I have not. So, this, this feature, um, this feature alone makes me want to buy that bow. I want to oh, like good. the bow. What but, is something allow you to talk to it? No, so it's called Shot Sense, and it will analyze your shot. And it's an app that connects to the bow, and it shows you the degree of um, how far off your bubble is. It shows you how your pin floats. It shows you where your pin was when you release the shot. Like a lot of cool analyzing. No, that's. The, I mean, to be fair with you, that was the same thing as a ballistic on a, a ballistic measurement, or in the case of cars, you could put an ODB system. You know how good your, your car dynamic is. Yeah. Is it important? Yes. In, in, remember, on a compound bow, that is in that's about the more data you know, you the more you know how to do wrong. But you can do it with another simpler method, as as what the Jim Burnsworth and uh, and uh, uh, Rod White teach me. Get yourself a laser, put it on the front. And then look at how the point moves and then shoot it. You know everything you need to know. Because at the yeah. end of the day, that's another thing. I mean, just like I got a few customers who have football football injury in the early days. Their grip, their hold is totally different because they can't have the frame you have. Right. I remember one customer, his arm was like drop down and go like 15 degree down and then up. I say, why? He said, how can you just move your arm straight? He say, can't do that. My shoulder do not let that football injury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, so at that moment, you 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 compromise and you compromise and you compromise, but or you don't hunt. Yeah, right. Or you pick up a crossbow. Yes, that's what happened to me after yeah. three show, two show, two major shoulder surgery. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the the big benefit to them. But with that, um, with the shot sense feature, I was pretty interested in like how you can because it logs it right it'll save all your past mm -hmm. shots and if you're playing with stable through the dealer i mean the dealer buy it and then you go and use it or you buy this you buy it oh it goes okay. in the grip of your bow oh that would be interesting so you, say you want to play with your stabilizer weights and see how it changes your pin float like it'll show you this shot this is what your pin did 
and then you change mm-hmm. your stabilizer and you shoot it and you're like okay now this is what it's doing and the laser will do the same thing like you said but this logs it correct yeah. correct i mean that's the reason see back then when jim burns was to show me is that he he got a basic camera and then just do a do a live shot on it you pretty much can see what's going on which yeah. is good but now of course with this one you got more detailed information now the question you see all these are great just like the when i do high speed camera and then do the dapper radar the question is after you got the data what are you going to do about it yeah do you know how to fix it or what to do to change it exactly or... the data are good is if only if you know how to deal with it yeah i mean it's like i mean it's like the first time i was a odb with my sports car uh i got all the data it took me another six months to know what that means yeah i'm it's gonna t- i think it's gonna take people a real long time to kind of like you said know what that what it means and I, I it's a pretty niche product too like i don't think it's for everyone how much is it i think it's 300 bucks oh that's reasonable that's more than reasonable yeah but see i, I would i would say that would be a fantastic piece for a dealer because then you can help your customers but then you better charge for it but the problem say, is the problem is it's only for matthews well actually i would say I remember Worldwide was doing high-speed camera for every customer that shoot the bow and see how they form the bow behave and so on. It's the same. Yeah, right. Because at the end of the day, you only see how your bow behave. You did not see how your arrow behave. Yeah. But I think, I think arrow behavior is even bigger deal than the bow behavior. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you guys saw this in the original Exodus MMT. And you're going to see a little bit, little bit more on the, uh, on, on the NIS. Yeah, arrows. To be frank with you, after the MMT comes out, I even check and shoot right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to rub that in. <laughs> oh man, the amount of uh, the amount of deer and elk and stuff that fell to uh, the MMT and the NIS this year was pretty remarkable. It was mm-hmm. pretty cool to see. Most important, I think a lot of people forget one important one key factor. And a lot of people don't we, we really recognize it. Is that how many people shoot a brand new Hoyt, Matthew, whatever, using a 166, shooting an animal in 20 yards, it go in three inches and stopped. Maybe yep. six inches stopped. Yep. And everyone that shot with an MMT or NIS, I pretty much would guarantee it go right through. Why? Recovery. Yeah. The arrow recovery, because most of the deals within 25 yards. Degree. And you, and then and if you simply write one of those, oh, look at this penetration in 45 yards. And say, okay, excuse me, before we go further, what's the last, longest shot you have when you actually kill an animal? Mine, mine would be 42. Yeah, but then you you trained. But most of the guy who shoot the animal under 25. Oh, yeah. Major- big, the vast majority of people. Okay, let me ask you. What is the recovery on the 166 with a 100 grain? That's 22 yards. Yeah. 166 with a 150, 120 with a 150 is 25 yards. Yeah. So, so at 25 yards and you shoot the deer at 20 yards, what, what is happening to the arrow? It's still in chaos. You don't know what kind of degree of impact you're going to get. And what, what did the, hmm, that's where the problem is, isn't it? Yep. But with the MMT or the NIS, I mean, our high speed photographer show that's, in the case of MMT, it's under nine feet. That's the crazy. case of NIS is about 11 feet, which is not bad. Feet. 11 feet is, is under four yards. <laughs> yeah, feet. <laughs> feet, exactly. And it, it, it's not just me saying it. You, you, you talk to the customer who actually bought your product, you get the feedback. Oh, yeah, I blow right through it, but it's not where I want to aim. I, I saw him aim at a hardly go through the liver. Well, that's not your arrow's fault. It's your aiming fault. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for for Fire Knock for uh, 2024, anything new? Yeah, it's going to be majorly two, uh, two major things. The first thing I think I'm revamping my arrow bow serving jig. I actually commissioned an entire ceramic uh, through through whole system, oh. it's going to make a silicon carbide and silicon oxide on two different form, and then I'm going to have a twin drag system for the serving jig. Oh, I think I think you showed me that. Yes, it's a yeah. twin drag system. It's a pretty involved, and I got it right. And then uh, I'm going to add another knock to the system, D plus. What's that for? 
Uh, that's for any crossbow with 165 or larger serving. That shoot over 500 feet per second. Ooh, what's that made out of? Uh, 60, 61, not 70, 71. 60, 61 aluminium with the, with the level one coating because I want it to be soft. Yeah. Otherwise, it's like cutting servings. Right. Yes, aluminium, uh, metal knot aluminium on uh, on carbon arrow. And on top of that, the knot is squared. It's a square peg in the round hole again. <laughs> <laughs> so three of my patterns, or four of my patterns are going to be used on it. Square peg in the round hole, umbrella system, uh, clip or knock, and final. Yeah. And the uh, when you showed us that, I think it might have been two years ago you were working on that. Yeah, that's, that's for the Raven. It's still being sold very well. But, but right now, it's pretty much a need for Raven Alpha 500. The knock was like a flashlight. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It was uh, not easy. Remember, I'm trying to teach. Since I cannot teach the polycarbonate to to work with the carb with the carbon shaft, I'm using I'm teaching the carbon shaft to work with the aluminium. I see. Yeah. So that's reason it's a square peg in a round hole, but the range of the outer edge is critical. Well, I'm sure it'll be a huge success. Well, you have been because of the the C plus the the C plus U plus in U plus five is already out, and anybody who use it, they they did exactly what they claimed. I mean, that was one thing a lot of people know. I did not make stuff that I claim, I, I overclaimed. Yeah, but then of course I do make mistake. I mean, like one time I make a, uh, no, not I'm I spend the specification, but the manufacturers use the wrong spec which is my fault of not double-checking it. Sure, yeah, extreme ownership. So remember, at the end of the day, the buck stopped here. I'm, yeah. I will be responsible no matter whose mistake is it. Right, yeah. Well, that's cool, George. Uh, congrats, congrats on the buck so far. I hope, I hope you get another one. I hope, I hope the, I see the drop time. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope there's a drop time in the future. I want to see a the picture if, if you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting hanging seriously uh, Friday. I'm going all the way through until I finish this. I mean, actually, if you think about, if you know me, every single one of my big buck was shot between uh, December 1st and December 5th. I did the not know that. The buck was shot on December 3rd. The 17 point, or the 14 Nixon buck I shot, that was shot on December 2nd. I did not know that. Nearly all my big bucks are shot in from December 1st to December 5th. I'll be danged. So, it's coming, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something to be excited for. Yes, I am. I mean, I, I'm I'm not even too excited on the first and second round. This is where it seems to me. This is the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. I hope I hope it proves to be um, fruitful for you again. I'm gonna go hit the woods right now. So. Oh, cool! Is it gun season for you guys? Yeah. Mm. Okay. We have a a one week shotgun. No, um, Illinois is a three day for the first one and four day for the second one. Yeah, we have a congruent seven days, and then that's it. Yep. But then, uh, of course, uh, during those time when shotgun or muscle loader season, I go to Chicago. Yeah. That's Get away no, from the gun. No gun season, so I can shoot. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even have to wear orange. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. All right. I'll let you be. Nice All right. Talking to you again. Yes, sir. Thank you, George. And we'll talk to you next week.